Amen. So uh, our text today, we're coming from the book of Romans, Romans chapter 2. I hear some pages turning. Amen. People excited to be back in church, got the Bibles. They done dusted the Bible off, right, left the phone at home. I'm bringing my Bible. I get to go to church. Amen. Um, and again, I'm just trying to keep my composure. Lord, it's just so good to be here. And Pastor, thank you. Thank you for being our pastor. Like, I can't look at him because I'm proud. Thank you for being our pastor. Thank you for being our leader. Sister Meeks, thank you for holding him up. Thank you for your leadership. Um, as Pastor said, they said that we can open up, but did God say so? And so we want to make sure that we know that God is of order. And so I thank God for uh, Pastor's leadership and for pouring into each and every one of us. So to recap in short, last week, thank you, Dr. Nice for making this job a lot easier. Um, um, just a four points that I want to talk about that uh, from last week, right? One, we choose to walk away from God. Shame on us. One, we choose to walk away from God. Two, God says that you can have all of this. You can have all of this. You can have all of this. But we choose contrary. Think about that for a moment. As a man, I'll make it out. I'll, I'll, some of you men in the building, I'll come to your neighborhood. For those of you at home looking at my wife, you can have all of this, but we want something else. Because we're caught up in sin. So, going back to the very beginning, as we get into this text, right? See, last week we were talking about we're spiraling out of control. Man is spiraling out of control. From the very beginning, God said, you can have all of this. Beautiful. It's, it's good. It is good. You can have all of this. We choose the opposite. Not too much has changed. God is still telling us today, you can have all of this, but we're still choosing the opposite. And lastly, last week, Dr. Nasher said, we are broken, but God doesn't leave us this way. I don't know about you, but I'm so glad that even though we are broken, God does not leave us in the state of brokenness. Think about it. Right? Pandemic. Things are broken. But we're here today. God does not leave us in the state of brokenness. Um, I didn't study as much as I did um, trying to live out this verse, the verses that we'll cover today. So one of the things that I thought that was very interesting is when we um, not just talk about the word, but when we live the word out. So this week I spent time living the word out, right? Talking about judgment, being mindful of judgment. And there's this quote that really spoke to me that I want to share with you. It says that fallen man can see the faults in others 
more readily than he can in himself. Right? Fallen man can see the faults other in others more readily than he can in himself. So it's easy for us to see the faults in others. But you, but they did. But it's rare that we turn, right, turn that camera towards us. So in verse 1, let's get to the text. You therefore have no excuse, you who pass judgment on someone else, for whatever point you judge another, you are condemning yourself, because you who pass judgment do the same things. So we see in this text, uh, first of all, like I want to point out, the word judgment comes from the Greek word krima, right? And so this word means to condemn, right? Damnation. And so it's saying there, you therefore have no excuse, you who pass judgment, condemnation on others, right? The next uh, thing that we want to uh, talk about, right? Therefore, talking about the previous verses that we discussed last week, ties us into the text today. And he says, you have no excuse. Who, who is you, right? In the text, we were like, who is he talking about? Who is Paul talking about? You is the person who passes judgment. So are you the person passing judgment? So Paul's having this conversation. You who pass judgment. You who condemn, right? Change that word. We can see within this text, too. It's, 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 it's uh, changed out. You who condemn others. Then it says that uh, Paul, is, in essence, is saying, you who pass judgment on others may not be doing the same thing, but at its core, you are sinning as well. So I, found, I find it interesting that we choose to live in Scripture where we don't live. Right? We'll, we'll spend time in Scripture, right, especially when we want to justify something, right, somebody else's behavior, we want to condemn somebody else's behavior to make us feel better and validated and good. And it's so dangerous. I heard one preacher say, stop comparing yourself to Christians who compare themselves to other Christians. And I really realized, I was like, we tend to do that. We tell ourselves, well, I'm doing, as a Christian, like, I'm good compared to this Christian. Like, I come to church every Sunday. I put up chairs. I give. And so then we'll point out the, the behavior, whether, whether they're dealing with uh, lying or stealing, whatever it is, right? We're quick to judge. And so Paul is addressing this moralist, this person who thinks that they have it all together, right? Because in these past verses, there were some things that were identified, and like most of us, we would like to say, I don't live there. He's not talking to me. And just when we thought, right, just when the good person thought that they had escaped, right, I'm good. He's not talking about me. He says, but you who pass judgment. Nathan, <laughs> you thought you were, because <laughs> you thought because you didn't do the mother's things, you were good. No, I'm talking to you too. It's amazing. Paul is like this great, like great, um, when we talk about like dialogue, he's so great at it. So great. Like, as soon as you think like, oh, uh-uh, this is it. Like, they, if I was that person too, I'd be like, well, I don't do that stuff. Like, look, imagine you were there, you're reading it, you're hearing these different things, and then you're like, whoo, I made it. <laughs> I don't do any of those things. And he's like, uh-oh, wait, wait a minute. But you, who pass judgment, you're like, oh, you're talking to me. Yes, you who pass judgment, don't you know that you're going to be held accountable as well? Because you do the same things? The verse is about 
doing something that is very challenging for us good people to do. We like to say that we're good people, right? I, I know I'm not the only one. We like to, I'm good. Like, what, in comparison to what? That, that's the problem, right? Well, it, well, compared to that person, I'm good. So the challenge here is this moralist has a problem holding up the mirror to themselves. That's what we don't like to do. As Pastor has shared, right, giving us the analogy, and when we hold that mirror up, and we make, if we hold it out here, we're like, ooh, yeah, yeah. But the closer we bring the mirror, the more we start to like, oh, hmm. let me get some of that foundation. Let me borrow that. Right, let me cover up some of these blemishes. What is that? I even know I had that on my face. Like, and that's what scripture does. It starts to tell you, like, it starts to show you who, what you really look like. Right? And a lot of us, we don't like that. That's why social media has given us filters. Social media has given us filters so that we can cover up the blemishes. I know where I mine is one swipe. I know myself. But one swipe, that's good. That's me. I like the lighting on that one, right? And so that's why sometimes we can get confused. We see people in person, like, that's not the profile picture I saw. <laughs> anyway, let me keep going. Somebody, fascinates Nate, my filter, my page. But we like to filter. We like to cover. We like to massage our, our, our egos and make ourselves feel good. And so Paul is saying to this person, like, you're not going to escape God's judgment. You're going to get the smoke, too. That's my young people, they say, you want to smoke? You want to smoke? You want a problem? As Emma would say, you don't know who you're messing with. You're going to get this. So Paul holds up this mirror. Something crossed my uh, spirit as Paul was pointing out their fault. The question that I asked myself was, Nate, do you point out the fault of others to point them to Jesus, or do you just acknowledge people's faults? I almost cried, like, Lord, for real, you just gonna do me like that? Like, no, Nate, do you, like, do you look at people's faults, right? Do you look at their situation, and then you pray for them? Or do you judge them, or do you condemn them, right? Because a lot of people know that they have issues. Like, that's not the problem. The problem is, I don't know how to deal with it. So we're quick at, yeah, look at you, yeah, you're just a liar. I hate liars, I can't stand liars. The Bible says something about it too. Liars are bad, and so we justify it. But then, when it comes to um, actually helping that person, well, well, help me out, help me stop lying. Well, I don't know about all that. That's where I draw the line, because you a liar. I don't even know if you really want help. But we're lying. So when I thought about that, but I was just like, as a, as the question, the Holy Spirit said, Nate, do you, uh, when you find the fault in others, are you pointing them to Christ? Or are you just pointing out their sin and leaving them in their mess? What good is it for them to know this is bad and you don't give them an opportunity to escape? If I know I have a problem, that's good. But how do I fix it? Right? My wife loves, I can't stand the show, but my wife loves 
my 600 pound life. She loves this show. She, look, they eat her and eat, and they just like, yes, that is my show. I love, I love watching these people just sit there and eat. <laughs> now, this is the thing. This is the, my, this is my thing about it, right? At the time, right? We probably talking about this in the car, but at the time. My thing was like you, you, you want to lose weight, like you want to be on this health kick, and you're just watching the show, like and all they're doing is eating, like that's not, that's encouraging you to the opposite, like you sit there like they just eating, right? You got popcorn, you eating. I'm like, how does this? So the thing about it though, right? The point that I'm getting at is in my 600 pound life, these people say that they want help. But then they don't, like, the doctor talks to them like, well, you know you, you got to put down the chicken. If you want to change your situation, well, doctor, if you could just, we could have the surgery so I can, we can't do the surgery first. I need you to lose some weight. Well, okay, well, how am I going to do that? Well, I'm going to give you a plan, and you follow See, and the doctor says, look, in order for me to help you, I know, like, we know that you're obese. We know that, you're, we know that this is an issue. But I'm going to give you a plan to help you navigate through it. So as believers, my question to you is, as City Church, as the family, as the body, are we offering solutions? I thank God. I thank God for our pastor. Pastor, pastor knows me. I've shared some things with Pastor, and I'm so glad that Pastor didn't judge to condemn. Pastor didn't condemn me. Pastor prayed for me. Pastor met with me. Pastor uh, studied with me. So when we talk about that this person is moralist, and then Paul is addressing them, and he's perfect, you who pass judgment, right? Look at them. Look at, the, look at their behavior. So I ask you to, to challenge you to assess your motives. People knowing about their sin and not knowing what to do about it is of no value. Um, another thing that I thought about, and maybe Wes, we can talk about this after. I thought this was interesting. As I was thinking about this verse one, I thought, did Paul maybe have a conversation with himself, like in looking at this, you, you who pass judgment, you who do these things. Remember, Paul was a Pharisee. So I thought maybe Paul thought about himself too, and within this text. Like I was like, yeah. And, as, and he was like this believer, right? He, Paul was this moralist. He was like, he was a Hebrew of Hebrews, right? A Pharisee from the tribe of Benjamin, circumcised on the eighth day. Like, he was that guy. And so I started thinking about that. I was like, and then we know that the same character, the same Paul, he considered that rubbish. He considered that garbage. But I thought that was interesting that as Paul's having this conversation with the moralists, he could be talking to himself. So as believers, what we can illustrate from it, what we can grab and uh, uh, take out of the text is that we need to have these conversations with ourselves. You who pass judgment. Insert your name. Verse 2. How we know that God's judgment against those who do such things is based on truth. Now, now we know that God's judgment against those who do such things is based on truth. See, this, that's, the, that's the problem right there, right? For the moralist, you're basing your judgment on yourself, on your morals. And many of us, we would like to justify, like, I'm a good person. Well, according to who? Because as we look at scripture, 
we see the opposite. You're bad. Michael Jackson, you're bad. Right? So when we look at text, it says that now we know that God's judgment against those who do such things is based on truth. God's judgment is pure. God's judgment is based on what? Truth. God sets the standard. God is the standard. God is truth. The people uh, then and people today, we tend to use ourselves as the measuring stick. That's why we always end up short. That's why if we use ourselves as a measuring stick, we'll never go beyond where we currently are. If we keep using ourselves as a measuring tool, we'll always say, well, again, according to that person, I'm doing good. According to this person, I'm doing well. That's why in business, they say, if you are the smartest person in the room, you need to find a new circle of friends. Right? You want to take your level to the next, right? You want to take up your game? You want to level up? What do they say? Change your friends. Change your circle. Right? So as believers, if you are the holiest person, <laughs> come on, if you are the holiest person in your circle, everybody comes to you, what does they have to say? I know he's going to lead me the right way because he, he got it all together. I tell people, no. Don't like, I, okay, yes, I know something about scripture, but guess what? I still need Jesus. So don't use me as the measuring stick. Use Jesus. So when we look at this text, right, because this uh, judgment, God's judgment, is based on truth. It's not centimeters. We're talking about this measuring tool. It's not centimeters. It's not inches. It's altogether something else. It's God. God is the measuring tool. God is the measuring tool. Look at the next verse. Right, so it's just, I, I just want to encourage us to do that because we can, again, we can look at ourselves, right, throw our filters on, and we're like, yeah, I'm good. And then we stop growing. I'm so glad, right? And, and Pastor has his mentors, people that he believes are doing better than him so that he can grow. So as believers, we have to ask ourselves, if I'm the holiest person in my circle, it might be time to switch it up. It might be time to switch it up. Look at the next verse, verse 3. So when you, a mere human being, translated you, a human, it's the same thing. You are a human being. Pass judgment on them and yet do the same things. Do you think you will escape God's judgment? You are here, a mere human being. Let's look at this. So God is saying here, God is always right. God is faithful to his promises. Can you hear the sarcasm in the text too? Like, when I read this, like, so when you, a mere human being, <laughs> pass judgment and did, uh, on them and yet do the same thing, do you think you accept God's judgment? Like, Paul is getting, like, he's being sarcastic, and he, this is a rhetorical question. He knows the answer. Right? And we know the answer now today too. We have the, 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 the blessing, right, the, the privilege to know the answer as well. So you, when you are you, a, a human being, just like me, and you're passing judgment on me, do you think you're going to escape God's judgment? And this is the thing, when we're talking, this text is talking about the final verdict, right? Uh, having the, 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 I'm judging you and saying that this is it for you. I'm condemning you, right? And this is when we look at this, only one person is qualified to make that type of verdict. And I'm so glad it isn't you. <laughs> Just in case you thought, 
yes, me. No, no, you're a mere human being. Right, so Paul ends it with this rhetorical question. Do you think you will escape God's judgment? Right, that final verdict. Do you think because you now are passing judgment on others that um, you're going to escape because you think you are have it all together? No, the answer is no. Verse 4. Or do you show contempt for the riches of his kindness, forbearance, and patience, not really that God's kindness is intended to leave you to repentance? 2 Peter 3.9 says, The Lord is not slow in keeping his promise. As some understand slowness, instead he is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. I'll read that again. I'm so glad. L listen to the verse again. Or do you show contempt for his riches of his kindness, forbearance, and patience, not willing that God's kindness is intended to lead you to patience, I mean, lead you to repentance? Going to 2 Peter 3, 9. The Lord is not slow in keeping his promise, as some understand slowness. Instead, he is patient with you. Answer your name. He is patient with you, Nate, not wanting you to perish or anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. So aren't you glad? Right? So again, when I ask myself, do you point out the fault of others to point them to Christ or you just point out the faults just to point out the faults? Leaving them right where they are. And so we say, and, and, and many are like, people who don't believe in God will argue like, well, if God is real, he, if God is real, he would strike me down because I don't believe that he's real. We would challenge God like that. And scripture tells, scripture proves, even to the atheist, why that you, one, you don't control him, but until he's patient with you. He knows you're talking out your, what? Some of y'all not holding, y'all knew what that was. Y'all not supposed to know. Right, so, so when we think about this, so when we look at the scripture that Paul was addressing them and saying, look, look. It's not that God is, is, is not there. It's not that God doesn't see what's going on. And that's where we have that saying, right, where it says, man, you know, it's, 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 it's bad and it's good things. Um, why do good things, right, happen to bad people? We ask ourselves that. Why do good things happen to bad people, right, and do, why do bad things happen to good people? We tell ourselves that, but if we look at Scripture, there's no such thing as a good person. Right? Because, we again, we... we justified and made ourselves good in whose sight? In our own sight. So why do these bad things happen to the good people? Why do the good die young? Right? We tell ourselves, well, what, 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 wait, wait, wait a minute. Where do we get this from? Man. Man has defined this. Man has became the measuring stick. And so we constantly, again, using ourselves as a standard, don't you know, I don't know about y'all, but have you ever justified something that you don't need to justify? Like you did something and you justified in your mind, and it was right. I, right? All, all the time. We would tell ourselves, and, and it's, it's, it's simple. I use a simple one, right? Well, it's not simple, but I was simple <laughs> in this decision. So some of you may have heard my wife looking like, Lord help me. I bought a motorcycle back in the day. I had this car, right, Pastor? I had a car that my job had gave me for free. And so what I did was, I said, man, I got this free car that works. Uh, free car that works, Eden. It was free. It worked. It drove. It was good. Um, actually belonged to an old judge. He was a federal judge. He took care of it. Nice on the inside. And I said, you know what I need to do? 
Um, I need to refinance this car and get some money. Thank you, Lord. So I said, I'm going to do this, right? So we're talking about this is human judgment. This is how, how we justify things. This is why it's dangerous to use ourselves as a measuring stick. You don't have nobody to come in and help you and pull you up out of the fire. So this is the thing. So I said, okay, I'm going to do that. But that wasn't the problem. The problem was I was doing well with the refinance. I was building my credit. I was young. So I'm building my credit passing, credit union, right? So I'm doing the right thing. I'm paying the loan back. And then I said, you know what? You know what this car needs? It needs some rims. Yep. So I'm going to just, why? Because, I mean, it has rims on it, but they're not as nice as the ones that I can go get. So now I'm going to just, so now by these rims, I said, man, these rims are nice. These 20s is nice. They were really 20s, too. And my Crown Victoria 1997 was nice. Uh, so paint, the paint was kind of a little ashy on the roof, and, but it, it was nice, though, right? So instead of getting a paint job, I bought some rims, ashy roof. On my, anyway, so I buy the rims. Then I said, man, this is cool. I'm looking cool from the outside. People can see me. I look fly, right? I attended the windows. And I said, you know what? I need some music. I got to have, I gotta have some, a nice little deck in here. I can't have this, this stock stereo. So now I justify get the stereo, right? So now, again, mind you, I don't have a budget. I'm just, just stuff that I'm just justifying all of this stuff. Nobody's stopping me. So... <laughs> I'm just doing this right. So then, so then, this is a grand idea, y'all. Y'all pray for me. Hold on, I got it. Lord, help me. Because I say, use me. You said, tell the story. I say, Pastor, I need to save on gas. I got a free car. Pay, like, I got the money. I'm just paying. All I'm doing is letting the money cycle out of the account to write the bill on my credit. So I said, man, you know what? And gas at this time was like $2. <laughs> so I'm like, man. I need, I need to save on gas, right? I work, I live in South Sacramento, I'm commuting, I'm commuting to uh, Del Paso Heights. Y'all like commute. I drive two hours a day, right? Three hours a day. I'm commuting to, to, to North Sacramento, so it takes me about 20 minutes to get there. I'm like, man, I need to save on gas. So I tell myself, you know how I'm going to save on gas? I'm going to buy a motorcycle. Yeah, because they get good gas mileage. Yep. So what I do, I go to the, I'm, Cyrus, I'm trying to help you, you married, brother. Don't come up with a motorcycle. Pastor Nate said he did, he came out, all right. So I get the motorcycle. I go down here and get qualified for the motorcycle. Guess what, y'all? I don't know how to ride a motorcycle. So now I call my coworker, hey, hey, Brian, can you come uh, get my motorcycle for me? Oh, you got one? So now look, this is how the world, dude, the world cheer you on in your ignorance. You got one? Yeah, man, I'll come get it for you right now. Instead of saying stupid, why you do that? You don't know the right. Put it back, right? <laughs> Go give it back right now. So I said, so he comes get the, gets the uh, motorcycle, right? Rides it home to me. Now, guess what? I got, I got to go to DMV, take the test, right? I go in there, take the test. I fail. I come back out, though, but it's not like the driving test. You can go right back in. So I go back in. I get somebody else's test. He come out. He's like, here, you can take mine. I study it. I study it. Right? Because God has given me this gift. Right? Kind of like picture, picture brain. I kind of see the answers. So I go back in there. I pass the test. Now I got my temporary permit. I can't be out between 12 a.m. and 5 a.m. No, just to let y'all know. And I can't ride on the freeways. So I got some. Right? So I do all this. But what I'm saying is I say all that to say what? I justified all this ignorant behavior. And many of us are not far from, far off from passing Nate. Right? That was young Nate, though, doing better. But I justify these things. The point that I'm making is that as believers, even as humans, we would justify our behavior to fit our points. 
And it made absolutely, it made sense. I need to save on gas. I'm saving on, I am saving on gas. Yeah, but now you have a payment. Now you have insurance. Now you're spending more money on insurance and a payment than you are on paying on gas. Come on, eh? This is why we need pastors. This is why we need to be, right? We need somebody who's sharper, uh, sharper than us in our circles. And who's sharper, who's more sharp than Christ? So concluding at verse 4, aren't you glad that God's judgment is delayed? See, God's judgment is delayed because he doesn't want anyone to perish. He wants people to find him. That's how the system's been rigged, right? He's like, I'm, because of Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ stands on the cross, right? He died for us. He rose for us. And now because of Jesus, God is able to hold back his wrath. He's able to hold back his judgment, not because of us, but because of Jesus Christ. And so Jesus Christ is now sitting, standing in front of us, right? Standing in front of us, making sure that we don't get what we deserve. It's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful thing. So I end with this message version. Those people, right, this is the message version. Sum it up. Those people on the dark spiral downward. Those people are on a dark spiral downward. But if you think that leaves you on the high ground where you can point the finger at others, think again. Every time you criticize someone, you condemn yourself. It takes one to know one. Judgmental uh, criticism of others is a well-known way of escaping detection in your own crimes and misdemeanors. You like to, ah, oh, look at them, though. But then, oh, what about you? Oh, we don't want to talk about that, Lord. Lord, help me. You know you're not done with me yet. You're still working on me, Lord. You didn't think, you didn't think did you, that just by pointing your finger at others, you would distract God from seeing all the, your misdoings and from coming down on you hard? Or do you think that because he's such a nice God, he'd let you off the hook? Better think this one through. From the beginning, God is kind, but he's not soft. In kindness, he takes us firmly by the hand and leads us to a radical life of change. It's a beautiful thing. Right? So, and, and, and to sum it up, God is just saying that I love you. I'm being patient with you. The reason you're not getting what you deserve is not because you don't deserve it, but it's because I love you so much. And I don't want you to go the opposite direction. God rescues us from our sin. Hallelujah. Let us pray. Father God, we say thank you. We thank you for your word. We thank you for your delayed judgment. We thank you for uh, pointing out our faults, Father God, but not leaving us there. We thank you for correcting our faults in your son, Jesus Christ. We thank you for sending him uh, to die as a, 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 a perpetuation, Father God, as a sacrifice for our sins, Lord. We say thank you. Lord, we ask that you would hold this word to our hearts, Father God. That as we go back into the world, out into the world, Father God, that we would not judge to condemn, but judge to assess and help, Father God that we would pray for uh, those who are lost, that we would uh, live your word out in deed with patience, with kindness, with mercy, the way, same way you have done for us. It is in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Amen.